Welcome to Reality Blows. My name is Nick Maritato. I'm Ashley Brooke Robert. This is a podcast all about reality television. That it is, Nicholas. We watch this trash so you don't have to. But you can if you want to. And you're going to want to, folks, especially what we got on the docket today, folks. Later in the episode, we will be talking about our feelings on the first two weeks, the first two episodes of the Facebook Watch version of The Real World. Atlanta. It's been rebooted, y'all. It's on there. It's on there free to watch. So if you guys have Facebook on your phones, you can totally watch this shit. Watch the first two episodes. They're easily crushable. About 25 minutes apiece. Shockingly absorbable. Yeah. And uh, it's wild, folks. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But first, uh, uh, thank you for welcoming us back into our uh, Bushwick Nook Ooh. so that we could uh, continue to bring you the most quality podcast that's uh, right on the radio and you know what take this time right now to scroll down to the bottom of the apple podcast app and go ahead and rate this podcast five stars write a little something nice it'll help us out it's free for you to do and fun for us to see honestly we need it <laughs> um and uh yeah i mean we had just uh come off what, about two days ago we were on the road for about a week a day and a half we got back a day and a half ago and Ashes, it is... this could be my album tour uh, it is wild. It was crazy. It was really good. We want to thank everybody. If, oh my goodness! I think we might have new listeners right now. Wow! Um, that we we brought the comedy to the people. Uh, Ashley rocked her uh, her sets at night. I was I think I was a fantastic host of all Nick, the shows. Nick, you were a wonderful host. Uh, so if we have any new listeners, thank you so much for coming out to the shows. Yeah. And uh, we're glad that you enjoyed us so much that you joined us here. And uh, there's a whole shitload of episodes for you to catch up on. So go ahead and get on that. Start binging. And if we're recapping a show you've never watched, you never wanted to watch, listen to it anyway. Okay? Yeah. You will learn something. Yeah, we always... We're, we're, listen... We talk about shows as if no one's ever seen the show before. Okay, so that that's what we do. That's mm -hmm. what we, we that's what we does on this shit. Um, we had a great time. We started in Philadelphia. Philadelphia, wow, kicked it off with such a hot show. Can't believe how fun that was. And then we went to Richmond, Virginia, where it was a fun show. But more importantly, we had a sweet ass basement pad in Richmond. Yo, shout out to Todd. Yeah. An, uh, an old New Yorker pal who's moved to Richmond and now he has a basement apartment that he just like lets artists stay in. Folks, if you live in like a major city, like in LA, a New York, hell, a Chicago. Hell, an Austin, Texas, baby. Uh, I would say, well, I don't know if Austin counts. Austin. Because I feel like Austin, Austin is bigger than Richmond and their scene is bigger than Richmond, but I would say that they're closer then let's just say, uh, uh, you know, New York and Austin is. What you know were you going to say, though? I'm going to say you can find like a sick ass Airbnb or like a sick ass apartment in a cool little town. Yeah. And not be paying out your butthole. Yeah. For rent. That is something that I learned on this trip. Like uh, every little town we sh little. They were very they weren't little towns. They were they were big towns. Yeah. They were big towns, little cities, little cities. Uh, every little city we showed up in. Um, I would spend the first couple of hours, uh, w thinking to myself, okay, could I throw it all away mm -hmm. and move to Asheville? Mm -hmm. Can I live in Richmond? Would I feel comfortable living in Chapel Hill, North Carolina? Do I want to live in a fucking awesome ass house with a yard and like looking out at the mountains and a couple of balconies and a brand new kitchen and a tub that you can actually lay down in for $500 a month between the two of us? Or 
do I want to live in New York and pursue comedy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing with the internet, folks, and I know I'm bringing up the internet. Trigger, Don't you dare. Warning. Don't you dare. With the internet, um, uh, and this is a conversation I was having with a lot of our um, let's our local comedians yeah. and the local promoters at these shows on, yeah. uh, over this week, is that their, their scenes are growing exponentially because um, the industry has opened up to looking at these smaller comedy towns for their talent. So when when they're looking for people to you know submit, for right, the right. Next when the Comedy Central's putting people up at, right. at the comics you got to watch because there are twenty five, then yes, they're <laughs> going to the t- small towns. I think you're really just talking about Philadelphia. No, they're not going to Asheville. I think they might be creeping around looking at some of these no, other towns. No, not. Listen, they're not going to those towns. But they're they, not going to Chapel They are Hill. going to Austin. They've been doing it for a decade. Yeah. You know, they, Chicago, uh, Austin. These places are better to live in than New York City. Would for you your agree? mental health. For your mental health, they're better to live right. in. Right. But uh, there were some, we ran into some issues, which I was not a fan of. One being food. Restaurants just closing at like eight or nine. Whoa, like, whoa, whoa. How Ashley, dare you? Bojangles. We can yeah. eat at Bojangles at any time. Yeah, and we'll be big, fat pieces of shit waddling around. <laughs> Nick loves Bojangles. Listen, you set me up with a Cajun chicken uh, sandwich. Cajun and, chicken filet. And a couple of bow rounds and a big old sweet tea. Woo-wee! <laughs> I'll tell you something. The country boy comes out at me now. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley hates my southern accent. Uh, I don't hate it. They make they bring me joy. You want to get you want to get over there get some bow around? What about our Philadelphia girl? We we have brought up her so many times and how we needed to have her on the pod. Who Nick? I don't know I don't want to get ten eighty five cent black amount. That was not. It was Richmond. Okay, that wasn't Philadelphia. Her, (laughs) (laughs) whoever she was. Those are different towns. I want to get ten eighty five cent black amount. Yeah, yeah. We were looking for food after the Richmond show, and we everything was closed except for Seven Eleven. It was nine o'clock on a Sunday. I mean, yeah. Why would anything be open? (laughs) And so, see, that's the type of shit. You're right. I I don't know. I don't know if I could ever handle that. That Like, sucks. There would be a time of night that I couldn't get whatever I wanted. Right. I don't get 10 85 cent black yeah, amounts. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, I want the 85 cent ones, the t- ten, 10 of them. And I was like, holy shit, cent. you're about to have a party lady with not a, a lot 10, of tattoos. Not a T I N, but a T E N. I want 10 85 cent black amounts. What's dope, though, about a 7 Eleven? And I come from Jersey, you know, and now I live in New York City, and you know how they do things around here. You go into a 7 Eleven. You can 100% buy like a decent bottle of wine. I was shocked by that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I couldn't believe that they had yellow tail. They had actually good, (laughs) they had good wine for sale at 7-Eleven. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, But Richmond was really just dead. There was like no one It was Sunday on Father's Day and guys, it was our worst show. It was. And not talent wise. We were there. We had the wonderful Roger Hales came Mm -hmm. out. New York legend Roger Hales who has just... Uh, re-relocated to Richmond with his family. He came out, did a set. Um, Local opener, Sarah Ahmed. Sarah Ahmed came on the show. She was hilarious. Super Uh, We got to meet her, and she told us about the town a little bit before. She's a local hero. Richmond was dope, but there was just like eight people at the show. There was like eight people at the show. And you know what? If the show was, if the theater was a little dim, this is just the way they do it. I'm not complaining. It was just, it was a, it was a well-lit 
area. It was well lit. You could see a lot everybody. A of chairs. And, and honestly, you could see a lot of emptiness. Going into this tour, you know, Nick and I, Nick sat me down. He said, I want you to keep your expectations very low. There's probably going to be eight people at each show. I thought the Richmond show was going to be every single show. And Richmond show was not. Richmond no. show was the outlier. Yeah. All the other shows were packed. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Which was great. And then I finished in Chapel Hill and I performed in front of people who've known me my whole life, which was fascinating. So explain, Ashley. I mean, what was the process? These people, not only have they not seen you in a long time, yeah. but you're, now you're performing your material. And your material, uh, unlike mine, even though it's under the guise of, is really autobiographical. Mm-hmm. All of your stuff really is stuff that happens and and is happening to you. Yes. And, and they're not like, and I went to the post office and somebody was rude. No, they're like... I wouldn't say intimate because they're silly. Right. But they're dirty, real things about your life. And you had to literally tell like your old youth group like minister like no, these things. Or whatever not that a guy minister. Was. <laughs> he wasn't a youth group whatever minister. Whatever that guy was. That big old guy in the front. Robert. Robert. I liked him. He was a good laugher. Yeah. So I hung out at a teen center in high school. It was under the post office. It was not a youth group. Uh, I need you to set a, that they were, straight. The people that you hung with had a crew called the PO crew, the post office crew. Yeah, and they had a punk song. <laughs> the Dirty Politicians were the band, the punk band that came out of the PO crew, and they had a song called PO crew. And the hook went PO crew, and we don't need you. Sick and tired of people trying to tell us what to do. Damn, <laughs> yo, that's punk. It was super punk. <laughs> it was. So punk. And some of the PO crew came out to the Chapel Hill yeah. show. By the way, shout out to the pit in Chapel Hill. That place is that place rules. Yeah. But they They're were doing, all adults. Yeah. Everyone's an adult now. Some of my old high school buddies were there. Ben Gear was there, um, which was good to see him. And Don, my old neighbor. My mom came. My mom brought a friend. Chandra came. Everyone, everyone who I, everyone who was there, I was happy to see. Uh, shout out to all those folks, especially your mom, Lisa, who uh, uh, embarrassed the hell out of me at, at, a, at a lunch prior to the show, but then came out did with her Did she friend. embarrass the hell out of you or did I? Because I told her, I said, Mom, get out your phone so you capture this moment. It was a tag team effort. I was like, Nick's about to propose to me. Get out your phone, Mom. <laughs> we were at a Mexican restaurant in Graham, North Carolina called La Fiesta. And uh, Nick did not like being put on the spot like that. My it mom started videotaping I, I him. just didn't have anything. To, uh, there was no way out. Nick, I couldn't storm now's out. Now's your moment, Nick. <laughs> you want to do it on the pod? <laughs> do you want to do it on the pod? Listen, folks, um, life is hard. You know what I mean? Uh, but shout out to Lisa for coming out to those shows, bringing her buddy Crystal. My only regret. Okay, so I thought... I'd never done this before, guys. So I was like, I will put a show in places where I know people so I can hang out with folks and that will be fun. And it'll be like a paid vacation was sort of my plan. I didn't realize that like five to six hours of driving during the day and then like an hour of talking on stage at night was going to leave me mentally and emotionally frazzled. So I just... Like in retrospect, I think I would just have a vacation where I go visit my friends and then also have comedy shows and have those two things to be separate. I mean, honestly, if you were talking about uh, not paying to stay places, Ashley worked this out perfectly. I mean, we every single place we stayed, we had a place to stay for as long as we wanted to use it. And they were very nice places. Every single one. Um, The. Issue being, for the most part, 
they were attached to people. Yeah. And there was no escape. Now this is, I want to, uh, asterisk this. Yeah. Put a little asterisk. Um, in Asheville, we stayed with your best friend, Sarah Mm -hmm. and her fiance, Jacob, Mm -hmm. two wonderful people. We had the day we had, this was our one day off. Yes. They took us hiking in the Blue Ridge mountains. It was awesome guys. It was incredible. Their place was amazing, even yeah. though like we walked in and it was like that classic. I mean, your 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 friend, our friend Sarah. I'm gonna yeah. call her our friend. You can friend. call her our friend. She, you know, doing the classic Southern thing of being like, oh, this, I don't know. We have this little place. It's such an incredible place that yeah, we, got we to loved stay. it. Have I been Nick and I were like, we should move. I was like, and we had our own room. It had a view of the mountains. It was fantastic. Big ass room, size of an apartment. <laughs> so I don't. Re- I'm not really complaining about a goddamn thing. The yeah. real stressor on that leg of the tour, that stop, was the fact that my car, our car, yeah, the battery died like 19 times. Yeah, we would have broken even, I think, on this tour if we hadn't. Um, a had a cat to pay for. She was the most expensive part <laughs> yeah, of this tour, having her fed. You hear us, Lily? You're you're looking at us. And yes, you look very cute right now. You're You're the most, having someone take care of you every day was the most expensive part of leaving. And then um, going to get a battery at an auto zone in Weaverville, North Carolina at like eight in the morning on Tuesday. Yeah, but thank God to Eddie, the guy that worked at the auto zone. Ashley was afraid that we were going to get ripped off because we're some northerners showing up at some southern auto parts place. And they're going to be like, oh, the alternator's all fucked up, buddy. You You got to get it. It's going to be $800. You can't leave here without a a permit. And we're like, what? A permit? But really, we showed up. He couldn't have been happier to check our alternator and tell her that tell it was doing what it's supposed to be doing and gave us the, the, the best deal on a battery possible. And that son of a bitch got all oily and fixed it right there in the parking lot. Old man named Eddie with a Bluetooth. Slipped him a Finsky. The guy didn't even want it. Actually had to sexually flip put it in his pocket for him. That what? was a little strange. He had his, the <laughs> old battery in his hands. Here's he goes, part, just put it in my pocket. Just put it in my pocket. Put it in my um, so can I get 10 85 cent black mouth? Yeah, we saw a lot of characters, a lot of characters out there. Um, but I do want to say to just to button up what we were saying, it is tough. We were promised that every single one of these rides would not exceed four hours. Google Maps, you lie. And they all exceeded five. Yeah, and they were was, like six or seven. Yeah, some of them was really were really tough. Yeah. Um, the ride back before we we end this part and we start talking about reality TV, I do want to talk a little bit about our ride back. Ashley and I had decided that you know what we've done this ride back a bunch of times. Why don't we spend an extra afternoon um, in North Carolina and so we can get going in the middle of the day uh, and we'll, we'll just, break it up into two days. Yeah, we'll just stop at a hotel. We yeah. hadn't paid for any hotels the whole time, so it wouldn't be that big of a deal. So we decided to do that. We got a, we got a late jump on it. Um, we got, I don't know, the it was like a slow, slow ride, slow ride back. You cannot drive in the DMV. We're talking Delaware, Maryland, Virginia area. Babe, you're skipping over something big, and I'm going to have to just stop you, put a pin in your story right now, and let us talk about the fact that on Friday when we were driving back, we were not in crazy traffic, and we were like, wow, we could really do this. We could drive all the way back to New York. All we need to do is stop for some food. Okay, you're right. All we need to do is just have one meal, and then Nick was like, I can drive all the way back to, to New York because I haven't even been driving at all because I had been driving that uh, that full day up until that point. And so we're thinking, 
wow, this is really an option. What did we do, folks? We went to a freaking Golden Corral. All right, yes. We ate ourselves into a coma. Literally after Golden Corral, Nick was like, my lips are so dry. <laughs> All the moisture was sucked out of my body. So much sodium. Um, um, and I had only been to one Golden Corral prior. That Golden Corral was somewhere in New Jersey. I don't think it exists anymore. And it was like in high school. Or and something. Nick was also did, had no idea what he was doing. I like I've never seen it. anyone so lost at a golden corral. He didn't follow any of the rules. <laughs> you know, first you start with the salad. You got to get something green on the in your belly. First. I did my salad second, and then he he only he couldn't even <laughs> eat a salad because at that point his eyes had already been misted over by like the fried chicken and the macaroni and cheese. Oh and- man, guys. Guys, guys, guys. You know how they say, you know, buffets are a ripoff because they're expensive and the house always wins? The house took a hit that night because I I did my best to fill up a plate each and every time. We yeah. went to town. I mean, I ate a t- that, There is no excuse for eating that many different foods in one sitting. There's yeah. just no excuse. What was your favorite? Um... There was this Bourbon Street chicken thing, mm-hmm. which was just incredible. Yeah. Um, uh, I really, uh, their pulled pork sucked. Yeah. Didn't like that. Why would you get because that? Because I was, that was my first panic plate. I, you should have seen what was <laughs> on that plate. I was like, oh, I was just trying to fit Nick in was overwhelmed. where I could get in. Like, uh, so I like grabbed pulled pork because there was a space. Then there was like a, like a fried like fish stick. I grabbed that. Then I had a hush puppy grab one of those. Yeah. Like it was like a crazy random. You didn't approach thing. it with a plan, which is really what yeah. you got to do going into yeah. a golden corral. Um, I really enjoyed their desserts. Uh, banana pudding, banana was, pudding so was good. Really good. We they, got a fresh one too. They put out like a bit, a new pan of banana pudding right, right when we went up. They had a, um, a peach cobbler, which mm. was pretty good. Love that their cobbler. Their cookies were pretty good. Yeah. Their ice cream was horrible. Yeah. It was terrible. It, I didn't even get the ice cream. It smelled like farts over by the ice Why cream machine. Why did you get the ice cream? Because it was fucking there. I was like filling <laughs> up my plate. I'm like dying. I, I, I shouldn't be eating anymore, but you have to have dessert because it's there and you feel like you're getting ripped if you don't have it and then meanwhile i had the candied yams which should have been on the dessert menu um but so i go and then at the very end you see they got the soft serve like crank it yourself fucking ice cream machine yeah. with toppings yeah and i'm like there's a fucking hot fudge and a caramel hot fudge. is this your first like, oh like experience with that situation no, chinese restaurants usually have oh, that okay. but their ice cream is good it's soft yeah this was weird. It came out like plasticky. Like it was weird. I didn't have any. I filled up on banana pudding. It was weird. I should have just taken a couple platefuls of banana pudding and called it a night. But I, I went, I had like a bite of that, you know. Anyway, when you're at so a Golden we, Corral, you can just leave a fucking plateful of food for them to you know, get this away from me. I'm going to go fill up a new one. We ate um, until we couldn't move. And then we were like, there's no way we're driving back to New York. So we got a hotel. I was like, oh, we need to find a... Uh, uh, we need to find a hotel right here. I can't get back in the car. I can't do it. Like the, we, we were in the up, land of hotels too. Yeah, so like, I really was like, I do not want to get back in this car. Can we just walk into a hotel and, and find a bed? And then shockingly, they were all sold out around us, and so we had to that drive. That was very popular. <laughs> we had to drive like twenty minutes to another hotel, and it was like the longest drive because I needed to lay down. But honestly, shout out to the Comfort Inn Comfort Suite. Suites in Fredericksburg, in, Virginia. It wasn't in Fred. It was Strasburg. a little. It was a, yeah, it was like a little north of there. I don't know where, but it was um, in Strasburg, which is technically still Fredericksburg. Um, it that I'll tell you, decent price, decent accommodations, very chipper uh, uh, staff. Yeah, we showed up at about eight, and uh, we walked in. No one at the desk. 
in a brightly lit like um, area. You can actually sit down on like a couple of couches and read from their library, which was strange from like a roadside hotel. Yeah. Uh, so we we walk in and we're like, go to the desk, and all of a sudden, like we see in the in the background. A there, dark room. There's a darkened room where I guess you would eat breakfast, but all the lights are off. And there's three individuals sitting at a table, like with laptops out, no lights on. And then a woman emerges from the mist, and uh, she's so chipper, the most chipper human. Clearly, being ever. the beginning of her shift. She just showed up. She yeah. popped one Adderall. She's gonna be up all night. You know, she's like, oh boy. Uh, she's like, oh. She like turned on. Y'all check it in. Turned on her computer, and she was like, what? Uh, what was playing on her computer? Oh, no, there was like, oh, God, somebody got shot at a music video? What is this? <laughs> I was watching Kitchen Nightmares. And we're like, all right, cool. We got a brother in here. Like, yeah. <laughs> she's, she's cool. Um, and then she like checked us in. She's like, y'all aren't hiding any Fido's, are you? <laughs> and we're like, <laughs> and she's like, I say that sometimes, and some people get it immediately. And I'm like, I thought we got it immediately. Why did you say that to us? We laughed at your joke. And she was so chipper. But it was like, it was like her. She was like some like, she was like some brunette sitting at young. She looked like she was like maybe a freshman in college. And then like an old balding white guy and an even older, like like the oldest woman I'd seen all day were like sitting at a table and they were like the staff or something. I don't know what was Did going they on. own the hotel, those other I two people? I thought the white guy was a young white guy. No, he was balding. He was like he, he was like forties but balding. He was dressed in like bicycle gear and yeah. he looked like he was twenty five. Mm, see, it was dark. Wow. It was dark. Yeah. And now, then the older woman looked like a school teacher. Yes. Yeah. She, like she literally looked like Miss Bardsley, my, yeah. my first grade uh, homeroom teacher. We're like, what are they doing like, in there? Who is this? Is that the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker? Why do these people have? So then we go upstairs to our room and then we realize like uh, we need water. I'm dying. So I go out to get uh, water from the Wawa yeah. and I walked every as I walked down these little stairs because we were on the second floor, like out of the shadows, this woman's like, <laughs> nice socks. And I'm like, huh, what? And I, I realized they're still sitting there. And I come back in and she's like, welcome back. And I'm like, oh, thank you. And then I run in my room. Nick made the classic mistake that he has made in um, in hotels since we've been dating, which is that he will leave a hotel to go get snacks. And then he will not go to the place that's right in front of him. He'll drive around. You did this in another Virginia place. Um, where you like you're like I'm gonna go get snacks and then you you follow Google Maps and it takes you like across the street and around yeah. when all you had to do was just like walk 15 feet. Do you remember the Fairfield Inn you did that in? I vaguely remember that as well. <laughs> um, but this was mostly for big bottles of water. We needed big bottles of water, folks. But that's re- uh, re- regardless of that what I bought. The next morning when we checked out, this woman was still there and it was like 9 a.m. And did you see her, Ash? It was night and day. She was like. Oh. Oh, hello? Oh, who's there? Who's there? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, we're just checking out. And she's like, uh, did you have a nice day? Like, she was like up all night and uh, clearly the drugs were wearing off yeah. or whatever was going on. But I just, this is a long way to say shout out to those folks who are working That's through the night. That's a long way. I mean. <laughs> That's a very long way. I had way. to come up with a reason why we Guys, told that story. how much weight did we gain on this trip, Nick? I don't know if I gained any weight, Ash. I would say I gained about 10 pounds. Whoa. Are you serious? Five. You were just eating biscuits for yeah. like the first couple of if days. If you're a vegetarian, it's just like biscuits and beans in the but South. But you can't wait to eat a biscuit. Hell yeah, I can't wait. You're just like, I'll it's eat not one like, right oh, now. I guess I got to eat a biscuit. You're like, let's go there. I like their biscuit. Yeah. I'm like, okay. I know all the good biscuit spots. Um, yeah, we had a ton of good biscuits, all that good stuff. All right, here's we- what we're going to do. We're going to go uh, right into- Let's take a break. Do you really want to take a break? I do. Okay. 
Oh, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We're going to talk about the real world Atlanta, folks. I mean, you could stop right here, watch the two 25-minute episodes that's on uh, Facebook's watch right now and uh, come back and uh, know what we're talking about, or we'll just explain it to you on the other end of this break. Stick around. We are back, folks. Uh, So last night, Ashley and I... Uh, well, really, we had a, a marathon of uh, reality that we watched last night, but we're going to specifically talk about the real world here in a second. But we're knee deep in it, folks. We got a lot of stuff brewing. Um, we are watching so many shows right now. We're not going to talk about all of them, but like, just know that we are still on that Southern Charm train. Yeah. We are riding it hard into the dock, the harbor. Yeah. Where do trains know. go? We'll into s- the station? We'll see what happens, but I have a feeling a good portion of next week's episode is going to be about Southern Charm season two. Um, yeah, we're super weeks ago, into it. A couple weeks ago, we gave you a whole podcast on our thoughts on the first season. Um, and we're about to finish up our viewing of the second season. In a perfect world, in my mind, we will review each season until we're all caught up. I think we will do that. If that annoys you folks, we always talk about other shit. And yeah. you know what? Catch up. I mean, it is a quality reality show that is wild and wacky. It's insane. Um, we're also started. We also started The Bachelorette. Guys, guys, we just popped in The Bachelorette season 16 or whatever this current season is. With I the can't Alabama believe lady. it. I cannot believe we finally started started watching the bachelorette it is a hundred percent because of my mom lisa yes. henderson who demanded we watch it over and over again here's the thing if you bring up something enough we'll just do it yeah um that's why you got to email us at reality podcast at gmail.com and tell us what, ne- what we're gonna watch next we've gotten some tweets in asking us to review are you the one yeah and um, when is that air? June 26th. So that's very soon. Very soon. So there might be a recap in the works with that. We're yeah. still working out details. I mean, the recap in the works, it will be, you know, if we work this thing out on the podcast, I hate to uh, take the curtain away. You are going to be gone for a week. And yes. that will be for the premiere of that show. Mm. Correct? No. No. Not correct. Oh, okay. You'll be here. I'll be but here. But you'll be here for the following week. You will be gone. So that will be a little tough for us. Maybe. We can weeks. work something out. Anyway, we ha- we will be doing another recap um, that will be a second podcast uh, that comes out each week in addition to this podcast. Because as you know, we did recap many seasons of the challenge, which I think we're going to take a little break we from. We may take a little break from. I- I'm just, and I don't know. Here's the thing, folks. I know we have a ton of, of listeners based off the fact that we recap the challenge. And we appreciate every single one of you. And I'm not saying that we won't do it, but I'm saying that I am starting to feel like there are way too many challenge-based podcasts. And we really want to be our own thing of people that watch reality in general yeah and and that is yes yes that is our favorite reality show it's the best reality show of all time and if for some reason we're like okay here's what we're recapping and it's not the challenge do not fret because we will be watching the challenge when it comes out and uh, we will either on our main show or in some other way be giving you our feelings our thoughts our recaps on it we're always going to watch the challenge we're always going to talk about it as far as a dedicated (laughs) show where each week we go through every single scene i think we may spice it up a little bit spice it and are you the one maybe the easiest one because it's still in the world we mm-hmm. could still talk about challenge implications mm-hmm. we can you know it's on mtv and we've been talking about it since the beginning of this show it's true and we know you guys love that show you guys know we love that show so 
those are our feelings. If you hate what we're saying to you right now, find us on Twitter. Find us on an email and let us know your Reality thoughts. Blows at gmail.com at realityblowspod. Yeah. So we got a lot going on right now. Yeah. And as Ashley just said, we I we just uh dipped our toe into the wonderful world of the Bachelorette. And Can't it is believe a it. wild experience. We're gonna talk way more about that when we get caught up in a couple of weeks. Um, but my initial feelings for the Bachelorette is that it feels like like immersion, like immersive theater. Mm-hmm. It feels like you are chosen to like l- do this play. Yeah. And it's like the whole world, it really feels like a strange futuristic world mm-hmm. where it's like one person on the planet gets chosen to do that, to be in this drama and you have to play the part and you have to play it till the end. And then the end, the consequences could really affect the rest of your life. It, it's so surreal, The Bachelorette, especially this deep into the franchise. This is 15 seasons in or whatever. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. That's a ton of history. And kudos to the goddamn Bachelorette for allowing two schlubs like Ashley and myself to just hop in 15 seasons in and completely understand what's going on and not be lost at all. Yeah. I, I don't know if you could do that with the challenge. Could you do that with the challenge? Yes. But yes. there's all this talk of vets and, yeah. and rookies and that's a rookie move and but who, they always, why, what are the what's the relationship with these two people they always do like uh they they show things that happened you know they do clips they yeah. show they're like wes and johnny don't get along and then they show them like plotting against each and, other you know i understand the, the bachelorette did have the moments in which she was chosen from the last season of the bachelor yeah. or whatever and and I, I understand there's a history there and that these men who came into the house watched that show and uh, fell in love with her on that I feel show. feel like they know her yeah. through that show. But still, it was so easily done. So I guess it's a long way of saying if you're not a Bachelorette fan and you're interested in dipping your toe in, well, do it with us because we're going to be taking this journey. I mean, they're about six weeks in so far. Ashley and I are going to do our lot, best to catch up. I have a lot of opinions, um, but basically my main opinion is, ooh, doggy, these men are hot, baby. Hot, hot. <laughs> <laughs> So many hot men. I had no idea. I actually loves a hot guy. I love a hot guy. And there's a lot of hot guys on the show. <laughs> Same thing with Southern Charm. I got three faves. Ashley's in love with uh, really horrible people on Southern Charm. Right I am. Now. It's true. Let's not discuss that right now, though. <laughs> Let's get into the real world, which is now on Facebook Live. And Nick and I were just trying to figure this out right now. Is MTV a part of this at all? I don't know if they are. We saw zero MTV branding. We did see in the beginning of the first episode though sort of a the real world is all about bringing people together and discussing issues and they showed clips from pedro and they showed um clips from the past and they're clearly going for a this is a social experiment and not this is a party house which is supposedly what the show was meant yeah it was a docu-style you know know, a real look into american minds type thing yeah and so they're doing a throwback to the original idea of the real world and it's just unclear as to whether or not mtv is a part of it i mean they must be because also on the real world facebook watch page um they have three full seasons of shows that you could watch from the past those seasons are key west portland and austin um who's on portland portland has um Johnny, that's not Johnny Bananas. He's the bald head guy with mm. his girlfriend who was on the challenge a few times. 
ex-girlfriend. Um, I, I, I forgot her name. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Wow, guys. I just saw a, a yeah, drip of sweat really, go down Nick's forehead as I he started to scramble to remember these names. I'm, this is his worst nightmare. Hold on. I'm sorry, folks. Jordan's <laughs> on that season. Jordan. Right, it, it takes a lot. It, champion Jordan. Dirty the, 30 champion. Boyfriend of Tori Deal. And Avery and uh, Johnny or whatever his name is are the guy. Yeah, Johnny Riley. They, that was and the romance. Naya. And Hurricane Naya shows up, which is honestly, Ashley has never seen this. It's one of the wildest moments I've ever had watching reality TV was when Naya came in as a replacement for somebody who left. And she fakes a British accent on the phone. She comes in. She fucking trolls the whole house. They're all like, whoa, this hot British chick just showed up. And and it turns out she is what she was the first time on 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 the real world where I had to go. Is this fucker a plant? Are you a plant? Are you an industry plant? Yeah, because what you're doing seems too ready for reality and TV and it didn't vibe with the rest of the cast who was like going into it like we're having a good time. They like, were all getting along. And then cut to like her uh, cut to like fucking um, Jordan like having like a strange wrestling fight with her like on a pool table that were like was like weirdly sexual at first but then got weird and physical. Like, oh my God. Yeah and, and a hair dryer had something to do with it where she was Jeez. chasing him with a hair dryer. Like shit got bonkers and it was all because of naya uh naya who toned it down on the challenge for some reason i don't she just never uh, the challenges toned were it all, down she got kicked off the challenge for diddle and jordan i'm telling you yes that was weird but <laughs> she it was like you know like where you're like i'm the baddest bitch in the world and then you show up in like the challenge and it's just like we're all the bad bitches from i don't know if i agree with this because i i did see her go off on nani where she was like that I've nothing seen clips. holds the candle to nothing holds the can holds the candle to the energy she had on the real world season really nothing she was terrorizing these fuckers we gotta watch this it was season. incredible um and of course the key west season has uh johnny bananas paula. on it and paula on it um and then the austin season has wes on mm. it and danny and we and should crush all the i mean i know we already have so many shows <laughs> on the queue but um, so I wanted the, why can't you give us like Miami? Like nobody cares about those seasons anymore. Yeah. Like I love Hawaii. 10, I'd love Hawaii. I'd with love Ruthie. Hawaii. I'd love Miami. I would love Boston. New I, Orleans the first time. Yeah. The New Orleans the first time with David mm -hmm. and, uh, will you be my baby tonight? All that great stuff. All right. Anyway, so there's a <laughs> great lineage. Obviously, Ashley and I are very much into it. We, uh, we, I had watched the trailer for this, so I had met the entire cast, and I they gave you the rundown on everybody. So this first episode, when you're starting to learn the rundown on everybody, I can imagine if you hadn't seen the introduction to their cast prior, like a month prior, this stuff would have been crazy and shocking to you. Um, but Ashley, you did not see that. So let's talk about the cast a little bit, mm -hmm. and let's talk about your feelings on the cast. I will put the cast in front of me, yeah, and I'll run them to you. And let's you let go me down know. one by one. First off, I will say that it does feel like a very intentional cast in the sense that they were like, we're going to pick somebody from every sort of social scene in America right now. We want to get a slice of life and we want to get all these people together and we want them to debate on camera. That felt intentional. I will say it is odd to have a real world show in Atlanta and not have a black woman on the show. I felt that to be kind of strange and it was like, we're you're in Atlanta, you know, like 
that just seems odd to me to not have a black woman on the show in Atlanta. Well, they rarely have a person that is from the city on the show. They usually will have one if they do. And yeah. they sort of do have one. They have one person. He is a college student, a transplant. But uh, they do have a person who is a local. But That's the, true. They try not to do that because they want you to feel the fish out of water. They don't want oh, you to know, okay. like, this is my town. Like, I'm just going to disappear and hang out with my friends. While, yeah. You know, it, that could makes go, sense. it could go left in a way. So um, let's run through this cast. Um, let's see who these people are and what they're about. So the first uh, person up is a woman named Aureli. Uh, she's 21. Her story is she is fr- was born in Mexico and was brought to this country as a dreamer. Mm-hmm. Very hot button issue now in this country as uh, the Trump and the organizations are trying to get rid of and revoke all of the dreamers rights mm-hmm. in this country. If you don't know what a dreamer is, I, I don't know. Listen to NPR a little bit more. But basically, uh, these were young people from um, Mexico that were brought in on not a temporary visa, but like. A visa with an asterisk. You don't get all of the rights. Like you can't, I, I believe she probably can't vote. Right. You know, um, there's certain things and that does come up she in pre- the show. Yeah. She can become a citizen if she, what does she have to do? She, she has, has to, to be get in the married. military. She has to get married to somebody who's a citizen or yeah. she has to um, uh, serve in our, in our military. But she can work here. She can go to school here. I yeah. just don't think she can like participate in government programs right, right. in the same way. It's, um, a, it's a, I think that's an Obama deal. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. She has a four-year-old kid. She's 21. Yeah. She's real cute. She's sweet. We got a glimpse into her relationship on the second episode. She's clearly in an abusive, rela- manipulative, emotionally abusive relationship with a man. Ooh, really that phone call, out, man. That phone call was wild. Throwing out some I can't words. believe that guy decided to go out like that on the real world. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, it's not a good look. He's yeah. like, if you want to ring... This is how you'll behave. And there's no buts about it. I looked at the views. That episode got 2 million views. 2 million motherfuckers saw you be emotionally abusive to your uh, girlfriend. Wow. And maybe the father of the baby? I, I don't, don't think, think so. so. They didn't say that. No. Although it, all the ages and things. Because she up. said he's practically a father to right. my kid. Okay. So that means he's not a father. So she's 21. It just says she's from the Midwest. I don't know uh, where that is exactly. Next we have Clint Wright who is from Potterville, Michigan. This is a third generation farm boy. Yeah, he, um, one of the girls on the show, I think her name is Tova, accurately describes him as a fuckboy. And that is definitely how he comes across. So, so Clint was chosen from three finalists by Facebook users on the show's page. He's a fourth generation farmer and has a large Instagram following. So basically they were like, okay, we're going to have all of these people in who have um, platforms and lifestyles that we want to mix and and cause conversation and arguments, really. Uh, but we do need f- Instagram models still. Yeah. We need at least one, and they let Facebook choose. So this is the people's choice. Yeah, they wanted fuckboy Clint to be on this show, and Clint seems very relaxed. Uh, I had thought he was going to be a lot more of a fuckboy on the show, which is actually one of the storylines that is unraveling on this show with another person that we'll talk about later. Tova. But he's mild-mannered. He's very chill. Yeah. Um, and honestly, as a lot of these guys, you find out he's a little insecure about whether or not people like him. You know, yeah. He's not, he's not rolling into a room knowing that he's about to sleep with everybody in it. He's wondering if they like him back, which... I personally respect in a guy mm-hmm. like that because, you know, me being not a fuckboy and not an Instagram model, I have those thoughts too. Like, this guy's going to be like, oh, he's going to be full of himself. But he wasn't. 
But that seems to throw mixed signals at some other folks on this, and they're not into it. They kind of wanted the fuckboy attitude. Yeah. Well, I think you're specifically talking about Tova, who is problematic. Uh, well, let's talk about. Well, let's talk about Tova right now, since okay. we, we brought brought her up. Tova Marks is from Scottsdale, Arizona. She looks every bit like an Arizona lady, a blonde college lady. Yeah. Somebody calls her a bottle girl. Maybe that's what she is. Um, she lets us know she was bullied in yeah. school. She's very pretty. She's very thin. She She's a pretty thin white woman. Yeah, she's pretty thin. Um, <laughs> Tova is a University of Arizona graduate who is a social worker who dreams of having her own foster home. She is working on moving beyond a traumatic post- um, traumatic past and exploring her independence she's been cheated on every boyfriend she tells us that every boyfriend has cheated on her and there was a moment in one of these episodes in which like out of nowhere she was like yeah and that's when my boyfriend choked me and threw me on the ground and yeah that's when i knew we had to break up and i'm like whoa like everybody's getting their story out so fast in this house yeah it was crazy. my dad's an alcoholic and my mom's crazy yeah you know it's like, it's immediate. like, it's like well nice to meet you too i'm a virgin <laughs> Um, next up is DeAndre Randolph, uh, from Houston, Texas. Now DeAndre is really like, this is where the beat drops on, on this episode. He is a conservative, uh, Trump supporting Christian black man who is also pansexual. Yes. Uh, DeAndre is a pansexual African-American Republican in the process of coming out to friends and family who supports Donald Trump. Now, graduate from the University of Houston. When we first met this Probably guy. Probably the most attractive person on the show. Definitely the most attractive. When we first met this guy, I was like, oh, God, I'm not going to like this guy. You know, because he was asking um, the teen mom, the dreamer. Arelli. Immediately. Yeah. You know how they like do the meetup where like they all walk in the house in groups? Well, they split these three and three or whatever. And they... It's Deon it's DeAndre, it's Aureli, and it's Yasmin. Um, Yasmin, who we'll meet in a second. And Yasmin also coming from an immigrant, immigrant, immigrant yeah. family. Um, immediately DeAndre's like, Hey, cool, where are you from? And she was like, Aureli's like, Well, you know, I'm actually a dreamer and uh, I'm I don't know if you know what that is, but I was born in Mexico. I live here now. And then like immediately he's like, So you're an illegal immigrant? Yeah. Like immediately. He's like, I don't think people should come here unless it's legal. Yeah. It's like, whoa, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, the, the, where did the soapbox appear from? Like, yeah. how did this happen? We're doing the meet and greet. And then it cuts do to that, like, it, do that in an interview. It cuts to an interview where he's just like, I'm just me, that's just who I am. I'm just gonna say what I believe right up top and we're like okay so this guy's a piece of shit did not like him and then and then around the table he says that he's you know he's basically pansexual yeah and it's like okay softened on him this guy has got a crazy life he's living i mean that's not even what made me it, soften it on him i softened a little bit on that just because like when i know that somebody is go, you know dealing with their own thing yeah and like I can imagine you have mixed up uh, emotions about, you know, you grew, were grown up, you're brought up in this situation with this mental attitude, but your body, your mind is telling you that something that's going against it. I mean, he, the dichotomy of DeAndre made me go like him just a little bit more. I Okay, I agree with that. I will say the thing that made me realize he was my favorite person on the show was when he was puking in the sink and he was like, man, I'm the first to puke in the house. <laughs> yeah, me like, too. He was <laughs> also, it seems like the whole Trumpy shit that he's doing happened in the beginning and the rest of the time 
He's kind of just listening to other people's stories. He just seems like a regular guy. Yeah. He's not yelling at people. He's, He's not, not trumping it up, nope. you know. Um, and there, believe me, there are some opposing thoughts in this house. And For sure. And we're going to talk about one of them right now. That's Justin Blue, who lives in Atlanta, Georgia. I don't remember where they say he originally hails from, but Justin is a graduate student at Georgia State University focused on African-American equality and social uh, injustice issues. He is in a long-distance relationship so uh he this guy is a black activist Mm -hmm. um he is clearly on this show to put out um his opinions and the facts about black people in this country um and obviously knew that he was going to be going up some uh uh being in this house with some folks with some opposing ideas and lifestyles yeah and boy oh boy does he get that and especially he gets that in deandre who he looks as another black man in this country and yet he's a trump supporter and also it doesn't seem like justin is gelling with the fact that deandre is a pansexual man like he does make a comment where he's like in the beginning he's like okay so you're pansexual well as long as you you know don't hit on me or anything yeah like he goes, in his confessional as long as he keeps his sexuality to himself and he doesn't he doesn't cross any boundaries with me which i always find to be like the couching the uh, the uh, you know this like no no i'm cool with it you just keep your shit on that side of the room like yeah. that's like such the it clearly means you're you're having means total issues and are uncomfortable with the fact that this guy's living his life the way he wants to live his life. Are you gonna you're gay? Or are you gonna hit on me? Yeah, that kind that of thing. type of thing. Yeah, it's like oh please, guy. Um, so uh, yes, and Justin seems to be at least in the first couple episodes the point of um, where a lot of the uh, discussions uh, kind of go to. Well, what's happening is that, first off, Justin's like doing a great job of being like level-headed and um, calm in the face of what can only be described as like an immature, childish breakdown on um, uh, Tova's part. Yeah. Because Justin's just talking about the world as it is, you know, from, from his point of view, but also just how it... The, you know, the country is dealing with the fact that it is uh, structured around white supremacy. And so he's just talking about that. And then Tova's like, why is it always got to be white? Why is it always got to be white, Can't man? you just say banks and corporations? Why do you have to say white banks and white corporations? Yeah, she is like, this is just a, a real, just a classic example of um, white fragility at its max, where she's like, this is making me uncomfortable and you're doing it to hurt me. And it's just, she's yeah. victimizing herself. It's, it's, it's great for America, I feel like to see her react like this. I could have actually seen more of it to make her look a little bit more absurd. Instead, they kind of ended that that episode. This really all occurred on the second episode. Second episode's a hot episode, folks. And then they they sort of end it with her going to like a Nipsey Hussle um, <laughs> like mo- a memorial where Killer Mike was speaking and she's like, I learned my lesson. Yeah. So that wrap and up. And the shots of, of white ass fucking Tova, Tova like really listening as yeah. these, uh, you know, uh, as you know, Killer Mike is giving this impassioned speech, and not knowing anything about why she is, she. I mean, she must have shown up being like, 
okay, so a rapper got shot, and I guess everybody thought this rapper was great, and uh, not knowing about what this man was doing for the black community, um, and how a lot of that stuff, the, the symbol, the symbolization of him being murdered, gunned down in his own town, uh, what that does to morale of somebody who's trying, you know, a bunch of a group of people who are trying to build a positive thing out of this, and. Uh, she was just like, yes, I'm going to go to this. And boy, I learned a lot. Like it was like such yeah. a strange like turn. That was on bad every- on it bad was, on real world was, to do that. It to was let really her- tough. She she should have been um, she she should have been like shown a little bit more having this hissy fit. I think it would be better for her and the world for people to see that. And then because well, it ends. So they have basically what happens is Tova starts being fed up with the fact that Justin is, you know, preaching the truth about black people in this country. And honestly, that's why he was that's why he agreed to be on this show. Yeah. He There's clearly... no buts about it. He's not here to party. Mm-mm. He is not here to live in some other house in Atlanta. They chose him because this is a smart dude who knows how to speak to groups of people in a certain way that needs to be spoken at this point in our country. Yeah. And as he's doing this, Tova is like in the corner getting fed up. You wouldn't let me say that about black people. You know, she's just like, yeah, yeah, white crazy. people this, white people that. It's just clearly like Tova's. You're making me feel bad. And, and Justin's like, that's called white guilt. Yeah. Let me explain to you what that is he's about. like, you she's should like, be, un- you should be uncomfortable. And she's like, I don't want to be uncomfortable. And it's just fascinating because it's like, clearly she's never had these conversations with anyone in her life. And then you have the other, other side of the coin, which is another very white person person who is Megan who's like a Christian Catholic virgin she's something she's a virgin she's a southerner and she's sitting there listening to all these conversations and she it seems to be she's absorbing everything and thinking about it because she's not challenging it she's listening and I think we get a preview of her kind of um, coming around a little bit on some other issues I think in the the next episode but it is just it's interesting to see the way that these two white women are handling this and so during this fight clint comes out because clint and tova have like some sort of a relationship together and clint starts you know getting in justin's face like dude like i'm a white guy you're saying this in front of me i thought we were boys like what about us like not about aren't we friends aren't we friends and then Justin's like, I friend is a very important thing to me. Right now we are associates. I'm not saying that we're friends. And then like Justin cannot handle the fact that this guy <laughs> won't go, don't worry, you guys are cool. Like yeah. that's what he desperately wants yeah. uh, Justin to say to him and Tova. Hey, all that stuff I'm talking about is history, but you guys, you white people are cool white people. I don't blame you. And Justin will not say this. <laughs> yeah. And it's killing Clint, <laughs> killing him. And he has like a complete like breakdown where like Clinton is like, I can't go. He's like, um, oh, he's falling into, by the way, this was a beautiful scene over the kitchen table. Because yeah. He is falling into all of the speaking points yeah. that Justin is just going to hit as it goes on. Yeah. And he's like, you're blame. I'm being prosecuted for being white. And then he's like, well, that's interesting. You say that because historically all my people have just been prosecuted for 
being black. Guilty. He's like, he's like, I'm basically guilty for being white. He's like, no, we are guilty by being black. And do, doesn't this make you feel uncomfortable? That we, yeah, but you don't understand because like it, it's just the past. It's the history. It has nothing to do with us. And he's like, no, the history is the very reason why I'm speaking. You know, it's like, but you don't know. But you're like, you're targeting me because of the color of my skin. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, that's funny that you say that because it's very much that way. And to the point where Ju- uh, Justin is like, I he's like, you know, I've been arrested just for the color of my skin. I was released later because I what did not do what they said that I do. I was arrested for being a black person. And Justin's like, that has never happened to me before. <laughs> I've never been arrested for being white. But said it with the same like fervor of all the other arguments. And you could see him like even be like, oh, Wait, what's okay. his name? That's Clint. Clint, okay. Yeah, yeah Clint, well, yeah, he was like, Clint was like, I, I, that has never happened to me before. I've never been arrested for being a white person. Yeah. He, but he, but he said, said it with the same, like, same way, like he was still arguing. And then yeah. he was like, you could see like his eyes kind of roll <laughs> in the back of his head and like sort of start to get what Justin is saying. Yeah. And then Justin's like, yeah, <laughs> you see? And then he's like, okay, all right, fine. All right, fine. And then like Tova comes out of her room and is like, listen, I want to be an ally I will be an ally. She's like, he's like, you don't, Justin's like, you don't understand. You guys have voices where we do not have voices. People will not listen to us in places. I will be your mouthpiece. <laughs> I will be your voice. And he's like, come with me to this Nipsey hustle <laughs> memorial. Yeah. And she's like, I will do that. And I will learn. She's like a rapper died and I'm <laughs> going to be there. It was, that part was real like cornballish. I felt like yeah. MTV or Facebook or whoever is producing this, wrapping up that episode in that way was pretty corny um but it was interesting to watch them have that conversation i think it's good for like teenagers to see you know like because who's watching this on facebook live i mean i'm imagining the demographic is teens um and then we of course had a quote during that argument or during that that talk um from yasmine where she was like this isn't the real world this is the real world yeah and they use that clip they use that clip over and over again it was really um that's the real world. This isn't the real world. They kept saying yes. on the clip, this is the real world, bitch, or whatever. Yeah, they, um, they edited so, the clip around. Uh, let's we have uh, let's talk about Yasmin. Yeah. So Yasmin is our definite, our wild card. They yeah. were just like, okay, we need to cover a lot of bases She's here. like, I'm, I'm Muslim. <laughs> I'm Christian. I'm an artist. I'm a teacher. Yeah. I'm hairy. I'm queer. Yeah. I'm, she's just like, I'm I everything. Own all of it. I so, can be everything. Yasmin's from New York. She's 27 years old. Yasmin is a pansexual art teacher at a youth detention center she grew up in seattle with a christian mother a muslim father and supports body positivity organizations um so and she's very much of that uh, she might be my favorite actually yeah, now yeah, that she's, she's bringing the personality she's bringing the personality she's having a good time but she's also not afraid to jump into these conversations about race now i do want to say oh do we really let's just say that our 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 virgin is named megan we're gonna get to her well, let's just get to her now because I want to talk about another point oh, of the okay. show. Megan is a broadcast reporter who graduated from uh, University of Southern Mississippi. She's a Catholic virgin waiting until marriage. She sought out joining the show to meet people from other walks of life. I hope we watch Megan transform. Yes, me I too. hope that's me what's going to happen. Yes, yes, yes. And I think they're setting it up that way. It's almost like a Susie Meister um, sort of situation where it's like we have like our little young virgin and we're going to watch them blossom into an adult. And I hope that's what we see with Megan because 
She also seems open. She's paying attention. You know, she seems to have the potential to grow in yeah. ways that, like, I don't know if, if Tova does. No offense, Tova. Uh, I just want to say the reason that we got into uh, the race conversation is because uh, the um, DeAndre and Justin were having conversations about their opposing viewpoints on, you know, like politics and stuff like that. Yeah. And they noticed every time they started talking about the black experience in this country, all of the white people dispersed. Yeah. Um, Yasmin did not. Yasmin was right in there with everybody. Yeah. But all of the tried and true whiteies on the show, the three whites scattered yeah. in the different rooms. And then at we're one point, uncomfortable at one point at the end of the first episode, um, like I think it was Deandre looked over and was, like why do you guys not have any opinions on any of this stuff you guys leave and talk and then that's when tova was like you do not get it if i have my say my opinion on this the whole world will think i'm dumb yeah and they then will she, shit on it and then she compared like um knowing about like racial inequality in the country to sports <laughs> And the whole house was like, what are you talking about? And she's like, see, my point exactly. And it's just like, oh, Tova, this is. Guys, this is... unfortunately, we have to. Button. I have so much more to okay. say. I'm just saying to, to, to the pulling the curtain back again. We have to. The car has to be moved in four minutes. Yeah. OK. So, so I just want to say my four minute piece and then I'll put on my clothes because yeah, I am naked. <laughs> and then you'll do the wrap up of the show. Great. Sounds OK. Good. So what's interesting is that like about a month ago, Nick and I work up for jobs writing for a um, a new reality or a reboot of um, an old reality show, a new spin on an old reality show that's being reboot rebooted from the 90s. And the big thing on this show was that they wanted to uh, model pretty much, um, you know, a mirror of Snapchat filters and Instagram stories. So that is what's going on with this real world on Facebook is that they've taken the Insta story aesthetic and they have turned it, they've incorporated it into the show. And it's just interesting to know that that is the way reality television is going from a corporate level. You know, this was coming down to us. This show has not aired yet, but this, the, this direction was coming to us about a month ago. Make everything look like an Insta story. Make everything look like a Snapchat filter. And just so you guys know, I'm wondering, how do you feel about that? Do you like the way that looks? Does it feel more real? Because on this real world show, we would be getting, um, you know, Tova talking into her phone camera, doing like a confessional into her phone. And then we would get a camera shot of her doing that. We would see it one from the phone angle and then from the camera angle and i just want to know like what are you guys what are your thoughts on that reality blows audience what do you guys think what's up blow hearts do you like it do you love it do you want some more of it okay i'm gonna go put on my clothes uh folks that is the podcast thank you so much for listening as i said before please give this podcast five stars on apple Podcasts. it'll help us out a ton um thank you so much for doing that in advance we read them we love them thank you for doing it also you can find us on a bunch of different platforms uh if you'd like to dm us uh some recommendations or just tweet at us you can do that at reality blows pod on twitter you can uh, email us uh, at realityblowspodcast at gmail.com uh, we would love uh, to hear what you think of the show uh, any recommendations for shows any comment question all that good stuff if you want us to read us on the podcast we absolutely will 
Um, and uh, you can find uh, Ashley on Twitter at Ashley B. Roberts. You can find me on Instagram by searching my name, Nick Maritato, at Nick Maritato, M-A-R-I-T-A-T-O. Um, and as always, folks, uh, keep it real, keep it world, and make sure it's on Facebook. Watch. Goodbye.